Welcome to the VRV Podcast, where we highlight different better-known businesses and nonprofits. All right, everybody, it's Justin Clark here with Veterans Referring Veterans, and today I'm super excited. I don't even know how to introduce this legend I have on with us. He won't say that, but <laughs> I've got the Donald McAllister on with representing Rogue American Apparel out of Fort Bragg. So, Mac, man, thanks a ton for taking your time to coming on with us, and uh, please uh, tell us a bit about yourself and your military history, brother. All right, man. Well, first off, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, man, and uh, I love what you guys are doing out there. Uh, so military history of me, I mean, I could talk for hours cause I'm old now, but, uh, <laughs> so I joined the army in 1992, uh, right out of high school and went in, um, infantry airborne, all that good stuff. Uh, I did, uh, 24 years and seven months. Uh, most of it in the 82nd airborne, a little bit of it in the 10th mountain, a little bit in the 25th. And I actually did a stint in the honor guard also out in D.C. Um, I got a few combat deployments like most of the people watching <laughs> this do. And, uh, yeah, man, I just, uh, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to have some great soldiers that worked for me throughout the years. And, um, you know, they, I mean, you are, you're, you're a reflection of your guys. And, I mean, I was fortunate enough to make it to Command Sergeant Major and did my time as a Command Sergeant Major. And then, uh, Broke my neck and figured that was uh, something telling me it was time to do something else. <laughs> so got got my neck fixed and uh, wound up retiring and uh, got out and still, you know, I was trying to figure out, you know, what I want to do with the rest of my life and I still haven't really figured it out yet, which most of us don't. <laughs> so, but uh, you know, I got out and I and what I do, man, is I've done a lot to try to stay involved with the veteran community, especially especially like pushing guys and. Um, you know, the wounded guys, because I've had a lot of guys over the years to get really messed up and, um, you know, just get out there and be approachable to them and let them know that that dudes like us are are like, um, you know, we 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 were assholes while we were in. All right. Because we had to be. But now we're that guy. You know, I want you to come talk to me. I want you to I want you to hit me up and uh, I want you to ask me, you know, how do I get through this crap? Because uh, mm-hmm. life ain't easy, man. And. 24 years in the army i learned a lot especially with dealing with people i mean hell you may as well be a damn psychologist after all those years you know but uh <laughs> but yeah anyway man that, that's it in a nutshell i mean i could you know i don't i don't like uh you know like i always told guys you know i don't like to rest on my laurels so yeah you know, it ain't about it ain't about what you got on your chest and all that crap it's about what you do daily and you know i think that's that's important. So anyway, man, I'm a, I'm super psyched to be on this. And uh, like I said, I'm honored to be a part of the VRV. And yeah, man, so I'm here right on. whatever questions you got, brother, and <laughs> do it. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to have you on. And we started talking probably, I don't know, a month or two months before, I think, I don't even know if the North Carolina event was finalized yet, but you had hit me up and we just started talking. But you're, you're one of those people, man, where – your what you've done and accomplished in the military and what you're doing now speaks volumes because I've never heard so many soldiers talking to me about how much respect and how much you've helped them out, not only through their service in the military and then once they got out, <laughs> and especially when we were down there in North Carolina, man, like Vinny, 
Vinny was like, man, he was such a dick, you know, and this and that. But you, he, he knows the lessons that you were teaching him, man. So it was, it was incredible. So I, it feel, speaks volumes of your character, man, and what, what you led these guys through with everything. Yeah, it, I mean, you know, man, it, it means a lot to me to, to be able to stay involved with those guys and to let them know, well, I mean, hell, now most of them, you know how it is, most of them realize they don't know it while they got you, but then when you leave, they're like, that dude was a dick, but he actually gave a shit. <laughs> and, you know, like I, t- I used to tell guys, I'm like, you can be an asshole all day long, but if you're not competent, you're just an asshole. But yeah. if you're competent, you're a competent asshole. And people <laughs> will respect you. Yeah, yeah dude. So. No, you got tons of respect. And you were just out because your mission continues, too. I know you just had a big event down at the – what was it? the One of the VA centers in in Washington. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, actually, I got, uh, I got invited to uh, – to the uh, national DOD VA suicide conference, right? Uh, that was in, it in Nashville, and uh, they they wanted me and my old uh, company commander from when we were in the Argandab in 2010 um, to speak to the group. It was about 2,000 people, uh, decision makers in the in the VA and the DOD, and um, they wanted me to speak about um, the burden of decision making um, as a right. leader, right? And uh, I kind of tweaked it on them and I talked, I talked more about the burden of decisions that a, a young 18, 19 year old soldier has to make daily, especially in combat, mm-hmm. and, you know, and then they have to live with it. And then what are we doing to help them live with it? You know? Right. So. Right on, dude. No, that's, that's great. Cause it, it, I think it's different uh, hearing it from, from your side of the story rather than having some, um, how do I word this? some professionals that have just been reading about stuff in books or whatever. And they're like, I'm going to go apply this. No, it's, it's um, the yeah. firsthand knowledge of people and especially coming from you on the leadership position. And that's something I'm going to ask you later on too. Cause that was, that was um, something I kind of want to bring up. Cause I think, you know, hitting on what we're, what we come home with mentally from wars, one thing as you know, the, E2s through e, E6s, but then coming from a leadership standpoint, I think is something else that, that needs to be brought up as well, you know. Um, but anyways, dude, so you served 24 years, which is absolutely amazing, and then you stepped out. So how did you get into with Rogue American Apparel with what you're doing now? Well, actually, I uh, I met um, Wes Whitlock, the CEO, mm-hmm. through uh, through some friends, uh, one, of my, one of my wounded buddies, uh, Derek Carver. And, uh, and I ran into him a couple times and then we started talking and then we just, we became, we became really close, man. We hit it off really well. And, um, and he gave me the opportunity to run a shop here at Bragg. Um, and I started running it about a year and a half ago and Mm -hmm. we kept talking and then, um, he, uh, he gave me the opportunity to buy it here at Bragg. So I went on ahead and bought in and, and, and the reason I did, man, is because, you know, I got a lot of friends out there and I've, I've, you know, served with a lot of dudes in the military and there's so many different veteran owned clothing companies and everything else out there and they're all doing great stuff. Well, what I loved about what Wes did ever since he started this was this more mindset based stuff than, you know, like funny, you know, all that stuff. So right. it, and it, and it's, and it's not military specific, so you don't have to be a veteran to get into it. You just have, you have to be somebody who actually lives that that mindset that we preach every day and it's basically just be you man just be yeah. you keep pushing and don't give a shit what anybody else thinks it's all about it's about 
you know, how you feel and your integrity and just keep going, man. And uh, that's what I loved about it. And, you know, and like, like Wes says, he and I are the brand, which is true. You know, we, we don't just, we're not just dudes that work in a retail store. Man. <laughs> we actually, we practice what we preach. And I think that, right. that, that speaks to people. And I think they feel more as opposed to like just buying stuff. I think they feel more as part of the family, you know, they feel like, yeah, it's more of a brand. It's a lifestyle. They feel like they're part of that lifestyle. Right, right. No, and I totally felt that when I was down there too, just even at your shop and meeting you. And you had you had gentlemen coming down, wanting to meet you, but then check out the clothing. But you've got – it's not only just apparel. I mean, you've got a, a assortment of apparel, but then you've got the Invader coffee that's on with it too, right? Yeah, yeah. And you sell that down at your shop as well? Yeah, we do. We do the Invader coffee. Uh, I actually have one blend here that you can only get here that uh, Wes and I talked about and you know, he wanted one that you can't get in Texas that you can only get here. And we came up with our 82nd airborne bastards blend. It's <laughs> a pretty big hit. Right uh, on, man. But the, the coffee, same thing, you know, the, the packaging's cool, uh, but the coffee is great quality. And it's, uh, and you know, even with the packaging of the coffee, it's, you know, mindset based and, you know, it's either Viking stuff, soldiers, you know, uh, hell, our, our black heart coffee. We got the Grim Reaper on there because we like our coffee black, like our hearts. You know, <laughs> like so. Oh yeah, man, I love it. How long has Rogue American been around? Not to the uh, but Rogue American in general. Uh, Rogue American in general. Uh, West started it back in 2011. Oh, okay. Um, and it just kind of took off. And, um, the uh, Invader Coffee's been around, I think he started it about two years ago, two and a half years ago, something like that. Right. Um, and it's really starting to, to to pick up. It's already been picked up by a couple grocery stores out in Texas. And, uh, I mean, it's really good quality coffee. So, yeah, when you try it, you, when you try it, you can't not come back and get more. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> right on. Well, that's sweet, brother. Um, and you're you're heavily involved not only with yourself, but then the RIAA brand is involved a lot. I think with your local community, I always see you putting up stuff with you know, kind of giving back and just getting involved yeah. in general with stuff. So, I think that's cool too, man. You got anything coming up? Yeah, actually, uh, I was asked by uh, the American Tattoo Tattoo uh, Convention. I mean, not the tattoo convention. Uh, there, there's a tattoo uh, contest on post on Fort Bragg mm-hmm. on November fifteenth, and basically, soldiers with military tattoos and all that stuff are going to come in, and uh, and they asked me to come be one of the judges with them. And uh, they're also we're one of the key sponsors, so we'll be doing the trophy and stuff like, you know, getting involved with uh with Fort Bragg and <laughs> yeah, looking yeah. at um getting some tattoo shops on post and everything else. So. But yeah, bro, we're doing a, uh, they're doing a tattoo, convi- uh, tattoo uh, competition on post and uh, I'm going to be judging that one. And then um, in February, they're doing a big tattoo convention and they, they're, they're, uh, we're going to be one of the main sponsors for it, which is going to be awesome. You know, there's a couple other things going on in town. Uh, what I try to do, man, is like, I don't have a lot of money to give to people, but especially when like, you know, the local Local people have some events going on for certain things. You know, I can give them some gear and they can raffle it off and stuff like that. And it, you know, yeah. and it helps. Uh, it helps get get the word out there and show that all the you know these veteran-owned companies around here, which most of them in Fayetteville, are all about helping each other out. And uh, we just 
we just did the uh, the Fayetteville Comic Con last weekend, which was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So. No, dude. I when we came down there, it was it was actually Defender Emma that reached out because they saw the Rock Guns was on and they were wanting us to come down and put something together real quick. And I think a lot of you guys. You know, didn't know what the VRV was all about, you know, so I get that a lot. People kind of poking us with a stick to see if we're really true to, to true to our word. But, man, all you guys that came down there were so incredibly – it was like, you know, borderline instant family. But everybody was super supportive of each other, and I absolutely love it because it's the same – exact same feeling i had you know here in colorado springs with everything but and that's what i want man wherever we're at having that same group of, of supportive veterans around each other so it was it was really cool to see everybody come together for a bit down there um you know vinny vinny uh vinny very charismatic within everything and it's kind of yeah. funny with what happened but man yeah it was good man we had up and smoke down there defender ammo the rock gun sam um, but it was cool seeing everybody get together and actually meeting face to face because that's you know that's what it's all about. We can all do stuff online with with talking, but I like being in in front of people, you know, and really really growing our community. So it was good. Um, but dude, one of the things because you had just talked about your daughter, but I want to say one of your I think to me what I feel is one of your biggest accomplishments, man, is is you being married for so long. I, I think that that is absolutely incredible to you, your wife, your family. Um, how'd you do it, man? How are you doing it? Cause that's, that's a lot. Cause you've been through hell. I know she's been through her, her stuff too. I'm sure with you and she's stuck yeah. through it, man. So that's absolutely incredible and really unheard of nowadays. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, man, uh, it's like my dad says he's on his third marriage and he tells mm -hmm. me every day I should get down on my hands and knees and thank God for her. But, yeah. uh, no, man, like, uh, you know, my the one thing about my wife, Diane, man, is like, no matter what I did, you know, when we first got together, she knew I was a soldier and knew that's what I wanted to be. Because that's all I ever wanted to be, man. I knew I was going to be a career guy. Right. You know, you know, I would talk mess like a lot of guys do. Like, I'm getting out. You know, that's <laughs> what I told soldiers every time I reenlisted, I was getting out, you know. Right, right. But, uh, but you know, I remember she told me, she's like, I'm going to give you 20 and then you're going to get back to me. And I was like, okay. And then, um. My first combat deployment when I got all jacked up and wounded and everything and was in Walter Reed for months, mm -hmm. you know, when I, when I fought through it and, uh, you know, I didn't take the med board. I got out of the med board, you know, got the waivers and all to stay in. That's when she told me. She's like, all right, seriously, 20 and that's it. No more. <laughs> and then uh, and then at, at 17, when I was deployed, I was like, uh, hey, uh, I made the Sergeant Major list, so we're probably going to do over 20. <laughs> well, she wasn't she she was happy for me for that but mm -hmm. she wasn't happy about staying in the military but um but what i say man is like with my wife and my girls like i got a lot of friends that ask me you know how am i still close to all three of my daughters the way i am and all that stuff man and i tell them it's simple dude when i was home i was home yes you know and that's hard for a lot of guys to kind of understand is like you know when you're home be home man let let your family know that you're there yeah. Just because you're physically there doesn't mean you're there, you know? Right. So like I'd, I'd be tired, shit like that. But I, you know, all the crap that was at work, stay at stay work and work. I would get home and, you know, and as a leader, you still at home, you got to deal with stuff and everything like that. But, you know, I wouldn't let that affect what was going on with me at home. Like, I mean, hell, you know, it was the first Sergeant, Sergeant Major, how many times I'd get calls at like two o'clock in the morning on a Friday, Saturday night, because somebody mm -hmm. did something stupid, but <laughs> 
you know, why stress about it? I mean, right. they, they, they did something stupid, you know, hem them up, fix it, move on, you know, don't let it get you down. And, uh, you know, it's just my wife, man, like she literally, I'm only scared of one thing on this planet and that's her. <laughs> that's the truth. Like she's a little, she's a little bitty thing, but like, she's one, she's the toughest person I know. And, uh, yeah. you know, like, and I, you know, I tell a lot of guys, like every time I was deployed, every time I was going and everything like that, I never had to worry about, you know, bills, stuff getting jacked up, my kids being taken care of. Cause she was always there. And, uh, yeah. and, and, you know, and she knows I'd be the same way for her. So, yeah, man, I mean, it's, I'm so lucky in that, that aspect. And then, you know, I'm really lucky in the fact now that I got this shop and it's just me, her and my youngest daughter that run it. So we all get to spend a lot of time together. And it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. Well, I love, I love seeing the pictures with everybody supportive of, you know, the brand and of you, the shop down there. It's great. So what real quick for everybody that's listening, why don't you shout out where they can go and find you at in case they don't know. Rogue American. Yeah, so um, so our shop on uh on the socials is uh on uh Instagram where Rogue American Fort Bragg. Uh, it's just basically Rogue American underscore Fort Bragg, and then um, and then on on Facebook it's RAA Fort Bragg, and then we also have a website. It's just uh Rogue American FT Bragg.com, so Fort but uh, uh abbreviated, and okay. then our big our big website is uh just rogueamericanapparel.com and then uh you know i sell i sell clothes coffee all our accessories everything online but we also you could also go to invadercoffee.com also um and then my shop if you're ever in the bragg area is right off yakin road right before you get to the yakin gate it's 6460a yakin road and if you see the red jeep out there the max in (laughs) see the see the red jeep the Slayer colors, you know, I'm here. Yeah, well, that's that's how I spotted you, dude. Because I, 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 it was totally different driving environment down there, man. And so your shop kind of comes up quick. But I yeah. saw that Jeep, and I was like, oh, Max, down there. I remember walking to your store. I forgot what I said, but I said kind of something snip, and you looked at me and <laughs> you didn't know how I was at the minute. I was like, no, yeah. man, it's me. So, but uh. But yeah, man, it's it's a cool shop, man. And if, hey, if you don't mind, just kind of panning around it really quick, because I love the style you have done there, man. It's cool. Yeah, man. Uh, so, so like, I give everybody a shot. This is the front door, and as you come in, you know, we actually since you've been here, we uh we remodeled a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, that's totally different over there. Yeah, we got our coffee area back here in the back. Okay. Our patch walls moved. We're we're about to get it filled up. Um. And, you know, here's our Invader coffee. We usually have coffee brewing and uh, different accessories. And then, uh, you know, pictures of the cool people that have been in here and all that good stuff. So, and, yeah. and then, you know, just straight up badass gear <laughs> for women and men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's huge, too. Because, yeah, you've got the whole almost yoga pant things going on, man. Yeah. I see you put yeah. pictures of yourself up with them, and uh... <laughs> yeah, I like I like the glory ones, man. They look good on me. <laughs> right on, back. Well, dude, I I freaking love it down there, man. It's great. So hopefully, we can have another event down there too, man. It'd be cool. It'd be really cool to have something. Yeah. Well, you know, so... you know. Uh, well, I tell you real quick, man. I did. Um, 
when we did our grand reopening after we remodeled and I bought yeah. it, we had a lot of uh, local veteran-owned businesses that came out to support. And right. uh, basically, our the big open parking lot right beside us, that's where we did it, and it turned out amazing, man. It was, uh, it was pretty cool, so... We got room here, too, if you guys ever want to do anything. so Dude, you let me know, man. You let me know, and I'll be down there in a heartbeat. So I don't know if my daughter's totally down with that humidity. I told her that humidity was going to be a beast. She didn't believe me, but. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, that week. That week, man, we left. left, I left Colorado when it snowed a foot the day before, and then we went down to, I think when we landed, it was like 97 degrees, like 80-plus percent humidity. Bit of a change. As soon as you get out, that sweat starts rolling down the crack. Oh, yeah, back. man. Yeah, it was it was hot one, man. But it was good, man. It was really good. So um, one of the things we're doing with these podcasts is opening them up to questions here a bit. So um, if you don't mind, man, I'll throw a couple yeah. at you. And, um, well, I'll start off I'll start off with uh, Gilbert. He was a ranger. He was a sniper for 20-plus years. Purple Heart vet, too. Great guy. Makes holsters. But he asked, he says, all infantrymen – that have one story about the craziest thing they've done while active duty. What was yours? <laughs> the craziest thing I've done? Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of crazy I stuff. Say, um, go, what about the shrapnel in the eyeball? <laughs> I don't know yeah, if I mean, I got, I, got, I got shrapnel in the eyeball. <laughs> that wasn't, that was, I didn't have any choice in that one. Yeah, <laughs> that, one that one just happened. Uh, I will tell you, uh, I, I guess I could tell, I, I think, I think the craziest thing that ever like personally happened to me was in, in, uh, basic training. Believe really? it or not. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was, uh, I was a little hard charger, man. And, um, <laughs> I heard forget, you know, we were doing the night infiltration course okay. and, uh, the drill sergeant left me, I was a squad leader, left me in the squad, you know, behind the wall, you know, when you walk through the woods and then you're supposed to climb the crook go over the wall and then high crawl, low crawl, you know, and all the crap going off over your head. Well, he's like, I'll be back in like 10 minutes. I was like, all right. And then we stayed there and he never showed back up. And then the shooting started. So I just said, let's go. So we went (laughs) like no drill, start, no nothing. We went through the uh, night infiltration course. Yeah. And I was all proud of myself, man. We smoked it. We got to the other side and the drill sergeant was there. He didn't even yell at me. He's like, Hey bud, come here. And I'm all like, he's gonna tell me I did a good job. And he's like, hey man, <laughs> uh, when you get off the bus at the uh, at, at the uh, starship, come directly to me. And I was like, oh, they're gonna give me an award. Or something. <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> that night I got back, and uh, he made me take all of the sandbags from around the from around the uh, PT track, yeah, and build a bunker in the uh, in the uh, sawdust pit. <laughs> and then I had to take them all back. <laughs> Like I literally, it was it was all night and half the day getting it done. Oh, dude! And then after after I did it all right, he looked at me and he's like, "Are we ever gonna have a problem with you failure with a failure to follow instructions?" I was like, "Negative, drill sergeant." But literally, that's the craziest thing. Like, because he didn't even say anything; he just said, "Do it." But that yeah. right there was like, I guess you don't take initiative, you know? Like, but yeah, I, 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 I'll never forget that, man, because I thought I was a little badass till that. <laughs> but literally, it was like, it was because, you know, they had the dirt PT track. Every freaking sandbag I had to move. How would, how would you think, how many sandbags do you think you oh, hold? Oh, dude, it had, to, it, had to be, it had to be a couple thousand. Oh, like, my like, goodness, brother. It took me, 
because we started when we got back. We probably, I probably, we probably got back at like twenty three hundred or so, and I got done by like uh, noontime, one o'clock the next day. How long you gasped doing, for? Huh? How long were you gassed for? Like oh, burnt from it. <laughs> oh, I was burnt, man, like big time. Like uh, I think, I don't even think they did. Uh, I forget what was going on the next morning, but I don't even think they did regular PT. I forget really? what it was, but I was out there by myself with the uh, with the uh, whoever the drill sergeant was on staff duty, just moving sandbags. Woo. Like I don't know how many it was, but it was a freaking lot. <laughs> I mean, and you know, we could talk about all the cra- you know infantry guys got a lot of crazy stories. I mean, hell, dudes dudes today don't know the struggle. Like command inspections back in the day, yeah. you had to clean the latrine, and you know how they get that like built up crap in there in the in the urinals and all, right? You know, I remember being down a nose with like a pocket knife, like scraping it out oh, crap before the commander come through. Yeah. I do want to hit something up though for a Yeah. Uh, yeah. I always, I always get the question, why do sergeants majors care so much about the grass? Uh, <laughs> I thought you saw I, somebody's comment in the Instagram did, too on that. But <laughs> I get this question all the time. And what a lot of guys don't understand is, no, they don't lobotomize you when you go to the academy. But as you move up, the blinders are off. And then, you know, like the first thing I did when I got to my battalion as a sergeant major, I saw a trail going across from the parking lot to the to the uh, headquarters. And it looked like ass right there in front of the headquarters when the, the, uh, the sidewalk's only 10 feet over, right? So I made the staff duty get out there and – guard it and anybody walking across the grass they had to come see me and uh and i had one of the first arcs ask me why it was a big big deal and what i explained to him was i was like if it looks like and if it looks like shit and smells like shit then guess what it's shit yeah, yeah. but if you look squared away if you look squared away you are squared away and perception's reality and i was mm-hmm. like i said i said if a guy doesn't have the discipline to walk 10 feet and get on a sidewalk and walk inside Right. We got problems, and a lot right. of guys don't understand. They think it's just because Sergeant Major being an asshole, but it's all about perception, man. If you no. if you're perceived to be squared away, you're going to be squared away, and uh, and if you got a battalion headquarters, especially in the 82nd Airborne Division, and the Division Sergeant Major walks by your battalion, and there's a big like uh, bald spot through the grass where guys just walk through it, then obviously that Sergeant Major ain't doing his job, and that battalion don't have any discipline. No, yeah. and it, you know what? I see so many times, even up here, you got the, I, I'm literally staring at the Air Force Academy right here, but even it, whatever place I'm at, and if they've got one of, like, whether it be Air Force, Marine Corps, whatever logo or emblems on the floor there, and I see people walking on it, and it drives me up a wall, but then I'm like, why the hell did they put that there? Like, to me, it's just, you know, I'm always, I'm always walking around, and I tell my daughters to, too, it sounds cheesy, but it's, you know, it's just re- respect for, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever one's out there. But even, even I, I went to the, uh, what was it, the Special Forces Museum that was out there? Yeah, and, out uh, Fayetteville. Right. And they had one, too. And I was kind of like, where am I supposed to walk through? Because I don't want to be walking on. Because they got a lot of cool memorials and stuff out there. And actually, I was just out there after they had, what is it, the, um, they had the GWAP flag out there with everybody's yeah. dog tags out on that flag. That thing, you know, yeah. if it wasn't for you that put up that picture I wouldn't have known about it being out there, man. And that was, that was absolutely incredible to see. Yeah, so it, it was, uh, dude, when I went and saw that, there were actually a couple names on there that I didn't right. even know 
that they had passed away. Like mm. he got killed in combat because I served with him, you know, 20 years ago or whatever. Yeah. You know, it was crazy. But yeah, that thing's, yeah, man, that I, thing's powerful. Yeah, like any of that stuff is, man. But, mm-hmm. you know, like I always told, I always told guys, you know, like, um, do I think, you know, because I was a big uniform, I was a big uniform guy. But I, I'd tell the NCOs, I was like, do I think wearing knee pads is going to save your freaking life in combat? Mm-hmm. No. But the discipline to wear them because I told you to will. Yeah. And a lot of guys, it's hard for them to understand that. And uh, I used to tell NCOs, man, and, and um, hopefully some guys list, listen to this will kind of get it. You got to remember, man, even in the civilian world, you're not taking care of anybody by taking care of them. Mm-hmm. You're, taking, you're taking care of them by making them do their job because right. later on they're going to have to make somebody else do their job. And if, and if you're that guy because you're a nice guy and you feel bad and you want to take care of them, in your mind and heart, you're doing the right thing, but you're really not because you're right. not doing the kids any justice. And that's that's why when you get those guys that everybody talks about are assholes and all that crap, and when they leave, everybody misses them mm-hmm. because they made everybody do their job, you know? And then, right. You know, so, yeah. But, yeah, the grass, man, that's a, that's, a big, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a big one. Everybody always asks me that. No, but that's good, man. And hearing from your side of it rather than just being some asshole, you know, there's a, there's a reason. And I think I think that's – you know, going back to everybody that I talked to down there firsthand with about you, I mean, I'm still getting messages this morning about people that remember you, that served with you, that absolutely loved it. You know, when they see that later getting out on the impact that you were having on their lives, when they may not have realized it just then, man, and especially coming from a combat, you know, situation where you're prepping them, you know, for what's what's to come or hopefully prepping them as best you can for whatever yeah. may be out there. So I think, I think that's awesome, Mac. Um, hey, one of the questions I was, I was going to throw out too, man, that it's, it's just kind of fun to know, but what would you going back to when, you know, you first joined in the army to compare to what you've learned now, what would you have taught yourself to kind of prep you for what was coming? I would have taught myself and I tell guys this right now, I would have basically gave myself this advice if you know you don't know anything, you're going to be squared away. And uh, a lot of guys don't understand that. So yeah. if, you, if you go to work every day thinking I'm going to learn something today, you're going to be good. Because every day I was in the military, to all the way to the last day, like even clearing, I learned something every day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and like, and you know, you can't, like everybody always say, you talk to dudes about pushing themselves and all that stuff. And, you know, I tell, I tell people there's, um, it's, you know, like the infantry, the military, everything, man, you got, you got different kind of people that come in and some people have that mindset of like, I don't give a shit. I'll just do it. Nothing's going right. to stop me. Then you have other people that they've never had anybody push them and they've never had to push themselves and they want it. But if you're not giving it to them, then you're failing. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll tell you as a young NCO, a lot of times I would, you know, I would kind of give up on those guys as opposed to as I, as I grew up and became, you know, staff sergeant, sergeant first class, it ain't about giving up on them. It's about figuring out how to train them and get them to right. where they want to be. Because, you know, being an asshole is cool and all, but if you got, if you got somebody that's weak and it's not by, it's not by choice, it's just who they are. You have to figure out what can I do to help them be 
what they should be because when you think about it, dude, what I always tell guys too is, you know, that little nerdy looking guy that everybody, you know, he's not a stud and all that crap. That's the guy that wins the Medal of Honor. Exactly. Because he's got heart. He's got heart. But like I tell people, you know, and it's even my wife thinks it's mean when I say it, but a lot of, you know, sometimes those guys were genetically robbed. Yeah. 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 So, so how do you get them? How do you get them into that warfighter fitness and get them into that? So it's, and a lot of it's about teaching their mind just as much as their body. No, know? dude, that's that's I, I mean, you great. You brought up some crazy examples because I was literally just talking about this yesterday. We had we had a gentleman with us. I ain't gonna throw out any names out here, but he was yeah. always getting rolled on supervision. Man, he'd try his hardest, but like I said, he wasn't. You know, he's out of shape. He'd try, wasn't. You know, this and that. Great, great, great guy, but supervision would just roll on him all the time. And um, we went down range, and we had a we had a mortar attack. And one of them, it was Colfidge, lost his right arm and and two bottom legs. He was the first one out there in the dirt, patching him back up. And the rockets are still going off, detonating all around us. And he was there, you know, going to town. And where was after yeah. you know after action? We were going back, and where was all the supervision? Well, half of them that were rolling out of them didn't even come into country with us. They stayed home stationed. But the other ones that were out there, I'm like, man, look at this dude. He just went to town, and all you guys are, you know, cowering away under the sandbags. Um, you know, it's it's all different scenarios and stuff. But you never know, especially downrange, who's really going to freaking shine, man. Um, it, it's, it's crazy what kind of different scenarios brings out in people. Um, yeah, and you, and, and, yeah, and you got to – and you as a leader, you know, and that's something that's hard to understand as you're coming up is you have to realize how, how to interact with different people and how to, how to pull that out of the people that you know have it in them, but right. they don't show it every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's a leadership challenge. Big time. Right. Well, one of the things, honestly, Mac, that I've learned, I've learned here within the past two weeks, especially with these veterans that are out, we're trying to fight this veteran homelessness, suicide stuff, everything. Are you giving them a handout? Or a hand up is what somebody told me, you know, because I'm out yeah. here busting my ass and you got to If we're going to crawl in the hole with you and this this isn't just outside, but I think in the military as well with, you know, leadership roles is you got to reach out and, and truly help them out where there's there's, you know, um, where they're helping pull themselves as well. You can't just be giving them yeah. handouts like crazy. Um, but that's that's kind of what was coming to my mind. And that's kind of been a theme like the past two yeah. weeks, man. Is I, I love that. Are you giving them a handout or a hand up? And it, it speaks volumes, I think. That's a that's a good way to put it, man, because it's yeah. like you don't want to do it, do it for them. Right. You want to give them the tools to do it themselves. Right. And uh, and that's even with privates in the military. You know, you don't, mm-hmm. you're not going to go out there and do PT for them, but you need to give them the tools on what they need to actually get better. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, the, and, you know, and if they are the ones that you know they are, they're going to step up and they're going to do something about it. And even with the veterans, homelessness, you know, wounded guys and all that stuff, you know, it's not about feeling sorry for them or any of that stuff. It's about helping them get the tools to get back on their feet. And, right. Uh, right. And, and, you know, and it's, you know, I tell people it's a lot of those guys, man, that, that don't, the ones that don't ask for help are the ones that really need help. Yes. And, yeah. uh, and, and I know you see it, man. A lot of, a lot of these, especially younger GY guys, when they get out, 
they feel entitled. They feel like <laughs> everybody owes them something. And, you know, like I tell dudes, I'm like, nobody owes you a damn thing. You're yeah. the one that volunteers. Right. Now, if people right. want to square you away and people want to take care of you, that's awesome. But they don't owe you a, a damn thing. You no. Know? And, that, and, that, and that's hard for guys to kind of understand because there's so many organizations out there and everything now. And, uh, and you know, it's like, it's like, dude, you know, you signed up. You went to war. Nobody twisted your arm. You know, you did what you had to do. Now, if people thank you for your service and all that stuff, that's awesome. If people want to square you away with things and there's different organizations that want to help out. But guess what? If you don't get what you want, okay, nobody owes you shit. You need to work for right, it. Right, right. You know? Right. No, we didn't sign the dotted line to go get a free meal at Applebee's. Come yeah, Veterans exactly. Day. And actually, you won't even see me out at those things whatsoever. <laughs> I just, but no, <laughs> yeah. I, you, I, I, that's, that's another huge thing. And that's what's hard right now, too, once we're out, is because you've got this certain – it's not all veterans. I'm getting us wrong yeah. out there that's listening. There's a, but there are ones out there that just take advantage of these organizations that they truly want to help out these veterans that need it. But, man, if, if you can do these things on your own yeah. or look to help out other veterans, man, do it. Don't, I, don't just sit around, you know, playing video games, wanting to only come out if there's a handout for you or, or what's in it for you. You know, it's, it's much more than that. But um, I could kind of go off on that forever. But yeah, I'm on yeah. the same page of you with that one. <laughs> but anyway, so, hey, I'm going to jump into one of the questions I had for you. And that was, right. you know, kind of going back to the first things. But um, so as you going through everything that you've been through, Command Sergeant Major, with you returning from combat, I got to read this to make sure I don't screw it up right. But you returning from a combat, what has helped you mentally upon your return to the States and where you could not only be strong for your troops upon returning, but as your family as well? I tell you, uh, mentally, man, um, and this is, this is one, and yeah, I can tell you it's hard, uh, it's hard while you're in to actually understand. And I didn't even understand it while I was in because you, you know, if you're already, if you're already a strong willed person, strong mind person, you know, when you get back, you're going to tell everybody everything's okay and all that shit, no issue. Right. But, uh, you know, even when I, when I got back from deployments, like every one of them, I had to have something that I could just go to. And I would like, I literally wouldn't think about anything except for what I was doing right then. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and for me, it's, you know, back until my knees got so bad, it was running. Like I used to be like a fast runner and, and then I got into lifting weights and it's lifting weights and then, you know, listening to heavy metal. Uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, I can tell you though, man, I, 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 I tell you it's for, for senior leaders, man, like guys that get out starting first class and above, you don't realize the baggage that you have until you actually wind up getting out. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'll tell you, I mean, this doesn't really answer your question about what I did to, while I was in. While I was in, I stayed busy. I cleared my head. You know, I came up with my meditation time, which is either the gym, running, listen, listen to heavy metal. But when I when I retired, I had. I was a, I was a different person, man. Like I was mm-hmm. just angry. Like it wasn't the, you know, Sergeant major asshole act. It was, I was just angry. And, uh, one of my best friends in the world and my wife, old Santos and, and my wife, Diane, they were, they were like, you need to go talk to somebody. And I was like, I don't need to talk to shit. I'm good. 
Mm-hmm. They're like, no, man, you need to go talk to somebody. So I took the initiative. This is while I was still in, uh, but I knew I was going to retire. And I went and talked to uh, a psychologist. And uh, the first things I said when I went in there was, I was like, there ain't shit wrong with me. I'm just stressed <laughs> out about retiring. I'm just in here just to give my, my best bro and my wife a little, uh, a little you know, warm and fuzzy. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then an hour into it, when I left out, I was like, holy shit, I'm all effed up, you know? Right. And, uh, and she brought out just one incident, man. And I'm not, you know, I've never been a crier or any of that thing, man. And I literally, like, bawled my eyes out. I ain't afraid to say it. Right. And, uh, and what she explained it to me was, she's like, she's like, think about, you know, guys that do four years in the Army. She's like, they live at 100% for four years. She's like, you lived at 100% for 24 plus years. And then she's like, she's like, now it's all coming down. And then she's like, and she explained it to me. And I never thought of it that way. She's like, but all the friends you've lost, all the guys you've seen messed up, all that stuff. Have you ever had time to grieve? Right. I was like, no. And a lot of senior leaders don't understand that. And then, um, you know, I went and kept going to therapy to fix the issues I was having. And I tell guys now, man, that shit ain't being weak. You know, right, exactly. Now, I would have told you, I would have told you 10 years ago that shit was being weak. Yeah. Like, I'm just being honest. I would have been like, oh, that's weak sauce, man. Ain't nobody. But, um, and it's not about, it's not about crying and feeling sorry for yourself. It's about figuring out how to, how to live with it, how to get through it and how yeah. to, how to, how to stay you, you know, like, mm-hmm. because, None of us, after all that crap we've seen over wherever it's at, will ever be the same dude again or gal. Mm-hmm. But it's but we can still we can still you know be the same to the people that we love, you know. Right. And, uh, and that's the hard part for people to understand. And it, and then you know what my what my therapist helped me understand was uh, like yeah nobody will ever understand what I've been through except for me. But people will empathize with me, mm-hmm. you know, and and, uh, and I never really thought of it that way. But, you know, like a lot of guys like nobody understands the way this. And I'm like, yeah, I get that, dude. But people love you, man. So yeah. don't be afraid to talk to them. Yeah. You know, because yeah, yeah. Just talking will get that shit off your chest. And sometimes it's a big load lifted. And then, then other times you're you're an asshole like me and you're afraid to uh, to uh, to show emotion. People, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, so, yeah, man, I mean, that's to, so, yeah, to answer your question, man, you know, while I was in, um, to, to get back on track when I got back is I always figured out something to focus on to get my mind off all that crap. Yeah. And, and the other thing too was, you know, the way the war was going, you know, especially as a, as a senior leader, well, I started out as a staff sergeant in combat and I was a, I was a staff sergeant, sergeant first class, first sergeant, sergeant major in combat. And it's like, uh, you you get back and then your whole mindset is just get ready for the next one right you know and uh yeah no i think and that's exactly what i was that's kind of why i asked it because i i I knew that was kind of going to come out of you and then that's what i freaking love about you man um but i think you know i think one of the things from the leader's perspective because you were saying you got to get ready for the next one it's not you you're you're prepping everybody else yeah yeah so you're your, when it's your focus as a leader, when do you have time for yourself, you know? And that's that's what I think one of the things that kind of gets overlooked a yeah. bit where we have the support for the younger guys, which is which is 
what we're all about too, but I just kind of wanted to hit on, you know, them leaders are going through stuff, especially when your boots on the ground with them out there. So I think it's, I, I think it's very, very, very important that we focus well, on people like you too, give you the time. Yeah. yeah <laughs> when you, you can gotta, find it. <laughs> well, that's like, I, well, that's why, you know, like dudes ask me all the time, hell, even my family, why do I push myself so hard in the gym? Why do I do this? Why do I do that? Because it's, it's my me time, you know? Right. Um, even if it's 45 minutes, mm -hmm. I don't think about anything except for the next rep and the badass death metal I got playing in my ears, you know, <laughs> like, like, but literally it's like meditation for me. And, um, and you got to find that. And then, you know, and, and if you're, if you're a leader in the military and you were one of those, you know, everybody talks about lead from the front shit, mm -hmm. you know, and, and we all, you know, it's a, it's a, it's kind of cliche, but, you know, leading from the front front is simply being seen. You know, right. like if your guys see you, if they see you, they know you're there and they respect you. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, and and what I what I always force myself to do, and it it killed me like my last six months as a CSM. I mean, hell, most of the dudes in my battalion didn't even know I had a broken neck. Gotta you got to tell that story too, man. <laughs> to yeah, that one's uh, funny, man. Yeah. But, you know, like, you got to be seen, man. Like, even yeah. me, you know, like, there were times as a first sergeant where I was, you know, like, people say, have you ever been scared? Yeah, every time I walked out the damn wire. If you're mm -hmm. not, you're either a damn, uh, you're yeah. a sociopath or you're lying, you know? Right. And uh, right. my guys were doing foot patrols every day and getting blown up and everything else, so I would force myself to go out with them. Not right. to micromanage, not any of that stuff, but so they would see me. So, right. Yeah, so they know first, uh, I'm doing this shit first arms out here too, you know, just like my commander would do the same thing. And, and you know, it's, it, and it's hard because you have to figure out, you know, as that leader, if you're out there, are you really taking care of your unit? Because you might need assets, you might need these things. So you got to figure out how to, uh, how to, how to juggle that. But, right. The most important thing, man, is you got to be seen. And I mean, hell, when I was a brigade officer major, I was told my first couple months as a brigade officer major that I was seen, that they had saw me more than the last guy that was there for two years. That's you crazy, know? man. Because it ain't about sitting in your office and shit. Right. It's about interacting and, and yeah. you know, using that knowledge you have to, to get the job done. But, uh, right, and, right. And it keeps you alive, you know? No, it keeps you alive. And then it, it instills in these soldiers too, man, like, I almost, I, I almost guarantee you, like, I know there's some soldiers out there. It'd probably be like, you know, you got the, the WWJD bracelets, but it'd be like WWMD. What would Mac do? You know, like, what would he do yeah. in this situation? You know, where <clears throat> you as a leader have, have taught these guys and you have the confidence to know that they, they're doing what they're supposed to do, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, being, being a, um, a closet leader, I guess, or office leader, man, is, is, you know, it's different, especially in, you know, your airborne world out yeah. there. So they need, they need that. And you're, you guys, man, well, I'm going to dip into the freaking broken neck story because, you know, Vinny Vincent, man, was telling me, he's like, yeah, every time we'd see Mac, man, he wasn't, you know, you, you didn't get seen for a while. <laughs> You'd even have your neck brace on. You take that shit no. off. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, tell us that story, man. Cause that was funny. Well, so, so we jumped in, we jumped into JRTC and, uh, I felt like a pain in my neck 
and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And, you know, I was just getting some, some, uh, medicine from the doc the whole time, the JRTC rotation. We got back, I jumped again and it, it, everything just felt weird. Uh, like left side of my body went numb and my neck was hurting. So I went, told the PA, I was like, I was like, Hey sir, give me a, give me an appointment with the chiropractor. So I can get my shit stretched out. You know, I figured it was just, I just got like whiplash or something. And then, uh, I go to the chiropractor and the chiropractor x-rayed my neck and then he wanted to get a, uh, a, uh, MRI done, which I can't get cause I have shrapnel on my eyeball. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, he, uh, he, uh, told me, he's like, sorry, major, I'm not touching your neck. And I'm like, why? He's like, your C5 is broken. And now you got to collapse vertebrae on your C6 and all this other crap. So I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, well, it means your neck's broken. I was like, well, what do we do? So they, sent me to a specialist at Pinehurst and I got the surgery done and um, it, it, it kind of worked out because it all worked out around um, like November, December time frame. So I got the surgery done while we were on Christmas block leave. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyway, I was supposed to wear the neck brace. I had to wear the neck brace for like, I forget, like 12 weeks, 16 weeks or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I told, I told my wife, I was like, I'm not going to wear this fucking thing at work. And, uh, you were, so were you a anyway, first sergeant at the time, right? No, I was I was a CSM. Oh, were you? Okay. Yeah. So I uh, so I would wear it to drive in, and then I would take it off, put it in my assault pack, walk into the battalion, go up my office, and feel sorry for myself for a minute. And then I would then I would go and I couldn't run because I couldn't have any uh, what do you call it uh, impact or anything. So right. I'd go to the gym. And at least looked like I was doing something. And then, uh, you know, Vinny was like my little right-hand man, and he was in the circle of trust. So him and him and my, one of my other guys would always come in my office and be like, Sergeant Major, just close the damn door and put your neck brace on. Like, you're never going to get better. I'm like, I'm like, fuck y'all. It feels good, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, but uh, well, anyway, as soon as the doctor told me I could I could do PT again, you know, I was, I was back to crushing it. And then um, – my last day as a CSM was about, I guess it was about four months after the surgery. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, uh, I did, I did my final NCO PT cause I used to do NCO PT all the time. And, uh, I smoked the living shit out of them that day. Took my did off and did hella workout. And then, um, and then, uh, I think Vince and my op sergeant major at the time told all the NCOs that sergeant major had a broke neck and all, and only like, <laughs> only like, a few in the battalion knew it, you know, yeah. they were like, what the fuck? And then, and then they were like, yeah, it's like three months ago, four months ago, you know, but I told him, I was like, point is, man, listen to the docs. You know, I didn't heal up and keep doing your damn job. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, cause I mean, how would, how, you know, it was already, it was hard enough to like go out to a jump. And guys are jumping, and I'm not jumping with them. You know? Yeah, which which most guys ain't asking questions because you're the sergeant major, you know. Right. But, but you know, I'm out there, you know, as a jump master and everything. But I'm not jumping with them, and it it, it was mm-hmm. killing me inside, you know. I but, think it uh, was. I think I saw it killing you not to be jumping when I was just out there because I had just missed the the big. Um, oh my goodness, what was the name of it? Over uh, Memorial uh, Day week. week. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, you know, you were talking about it then. And I was like, man, Mac, Mac needs to get back out there. Yeah. But you know, like I look at it, man, like I said, I'm not a, I'm not a 
religious guy, but I, I think everything happens for a reason. And, right. uh, you know, and, uh, and I was torn, you know, I could have stayed in just not, I could have took a job, you know, up at force Com or somewhere, but, uh, my old mentor who retired about eight years ago, he was like, Mac, just retire, man. He's like, cause if you stay in, you're going to continue to hurt yourself. Yeah. He's like, he's like, you're a dumbass and you don't know how to quit. Like, yeah, okay. But he's right. You know, I like it in that, in that, that's a good thing, you know, to be an infantryman, but it's also, you know, it, it comes back to haunt you when you're older. And uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure your wife was like, all right, I told him 20 and we're up to 24 now. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, when, I, when I told her I was going to do it, she was like, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, well, you know, at first I was telling her, oh, I'll be able to jump again. You know, I'll be good. And then the docs are like, no, you're not no. jumping anymore, Sergeant Major. I was like, because I got the pins and screws and, you know, all that crap. But it fixed it. I mean, I, mean, I can I can lift heavy weights and shit and do everything I used to do. So, but yeah, no, man, you, uh, you know. Yeah, you're pulling, you're, you, you, you know, with the way your Instagram is and all that, man, you're always in that gym. You wouldn't think you've been through half the shit you've been through yeah, and with all your stuff, man. So good on you, dude. Staying mentally and physically strong with everything, dude. That's awesome. And with the family, dude, I think seriously, I think that's the most impressive thing that you've got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because well, that's, that's love, crazy. Well, like I tell them, I love all those turds, you know, <laughs> I, like, like, I think my girls are freaking tougher than most dudes out there. Cause they had to grow up with me as a dad, but dude, yeah, they're, they're, they're badasses, man, but I, I love it. You know? Oh yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah, even your old, what was it? Your oldest daughter. And she was had a uh, Metallica playing at her uh, wedding there. Yeah, I saw it's yeah. pretty cool, yeah. man. Yeah. It looks cool, man. So we're right on Mac. Um, yeah, man, that's about all I got, brother. You got anything else to throw out there? Uh, no, man. Just like I said, uh, I really appreciate everything, man. And I really love what you're doing. And, uh, Thanks, man. You know, if people are watching this and they're not involved with you, they need to. Just like uh, when Malachi was in here the other day, you know, I told him yeah. to call you. Um, because, I mean, because what you're doing, man, is you're just trying to get us all out there to to help get awareness of what everybody's doing. And there are a lot of guys out there trying to do good stuff, you know, yeah. and, and uh, trying to make a living. And, and uh, you know, and what I've learned is a lot of us guys, you know, we're not making a shitload of money or anything, but it's it's – they're doing a lot of the things do just like me because it still keeps you involved with guys like us, you know, and that's, and that's awesome. I think it has a lot more value than money itself. You know, yeah. seeing, seeing the faces of, of people just getting together and all that. Well, even just now, you know, four brothers, me, you know, they four brothers me pop questions. We talked about this before, but four brothers meads questions is where the hell do you want your complimentary four brothers mead set? And then are you ready to have your freaking mind blown away with this nectar of the gods? They want to know your shirt size. So, but no, but connecting like that's what I love, man. It's connecting these guys to people like you and, and vice versa with everything. Um, truly helping helping people out. Um, you know bringing awareness not only for, you know, the good things with the veterans are doing and ways, other ways that they can help. Um, you know, I think with you running Rogue American, I'm sure that's therapeutic for you with what you're doing beyond the weight lifting and all that. And I think a lot of people think of therapy as in, oh, I just got to go sit and talk to somebody across in these nice comfy chairs and they just jot stuff down. No, therapy comes in many, many different forms. And honestly, yep. I think this is, this is a form of mine, man, is getting everybody together and helping 
boost out whatever I can. So that's cool. Yeah, and so, and, uh, and, you know, if you're out there, man, if you, if there's an organization around you and there's like wounded guys and shit, and they got like some cool stuff coming up as far as like something physical and you're, you're in decent shape, or even if you're not go do it with them, man. Cause it'll, it'll change your outlook on things. Uh, you know, like when I go do Spartan races, stuff like that, when I got to do with me that is missing an arm, two legs or paralyzed or whatever, then I'm like, I still got all my shit. So what's, yeah. what's my excuse, you know? And, uh, exactly. and, and then, you know, like, like, uh, I'll tell you, man, I have, I have dudes my age and older always ask me like, why do you push yourself so hard, man? You need to take it easy. Blah, blah. I'm like, why don't you, you know, that's my right. answer. Right. You know, every day you one step closer to death, man. So you need to leave, yeah. live life every freaking day, you know, and mm-hmm. that's, and that's, that's what it's about, man. That's, and, uh, you know, and I just, I love doing this, man. I love getting out there with the guys and, uh, and I don't baby any of them still. I still give them shit, but, uh, <laughs> but it's all, it's all out of love, you know? And, oh, I know. They know that thing, too. Man, yeah. <laughs> Well, and one more thing, you know, to, to guys listening to, you know, we always preach, reach out if you're having issues and all that stuff. Just remember, man, if you're doing good, reach out to guys because yeah. sometimes just you reaching out that guy that's having issues, he won't even, he, it'll, it'll be the right time, man. And he'll be like, holy shit, just out of the blue, this dude hit me up right when I need yeah. you, you know? Yeah. So. No, it, it- Dude, seriously, I'm so glad you brought that up, man, because I had the last suicide I had on me with one of my buddies that, that I lost, um, and I was talking about him that day. My wife's like, you should call him. You should call him. And I was like, I didn't. I was like, yeah, I'll get a hold of him, and I didn't. And I learned two days later that he died that night, that I was pulling up his Facebook, kind of giving him crap. But then I had another gentleman reach out to me on Instagram. He had no idea that I was he, – he, he said he didn't even think I was going to talk back to him whatsoever, and, you know, I replied to him instantly. Well, you know, yeah. that's how I think we got in contact. But um, that little thing, as far as just being like, hey, what's going on? No matter how long you haven't talked to him can mean the world, you know? Like, think of yeah. it reverse. Like, if you heard from somebody, you know, shit, you went to boot camp with, be like, oh, dude, that was super cool talking to you. That might – little thing might just be enough to help somebody out. Be like, man, somebody out there cares because we do, well, you know? Well, I'll tell you a quick vignette, man, for you. I, I had a real good buddy. I'm not going to say his name, but um, I was doing a Spartan race with a bunch, bunch of wounded guys, and, and mm-hmm. he was wounded. He was wounded about a, a month before I was. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he still got all his limbs and all, but he wound up getting out after his second deployment. And uh, I just hit him up out of the blue, man, because I needed some help with that race. And I was like, I wanted wounded guys um, so everybody would kind of relate to each other. But I needed some dudes that were studs that could help me. And he was like, hell yeah, you know, he showed up. And then um, the next night, you know, we're drinking a beer and he just broke down to me and he's like, dude, you called me at the right time, man. Good. You know, he had a, he was, he was in a bad place and all that shit. And, um, you know, now he's doing good, you know, bought him a house, you know, has a good job, good. And everything. And, um, but the point is, is he always tells people I saved his life. Yeah. But I tell him, I tell him he saved my life, you know, yeah. because, because all the shit we did in combat and then just being able to talk to him and then being able to stay involved, man. I mean, that, that's the shit that keeps you alive. You know? yeah. and, that, and that's, that's why we're all here and we're not here to feel sorry for each other. We're here to just freaking exactly. push each other yeah. and, you know, and, and let it, let us all know, Hey man, 
you're not being you're not being weak mm-hmm. if you got some issues, man. Because I mean, hell, we grew up in a in a culture that when you get out of when you get out of the military, that culture is not there anymore. And right. A lot of guys just get lost, man, and, and yeah, it ain't even. It ain't even about what they saw in the military. It's about what they're missing now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. Yeah, but, There's a huge, 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 huge gap there, man. It's it's hard. That's yeah. what, you know. That's what one thing with this with the VRV that I'm trying to, um, you know, I didn't really think about this turning into that, but it really kind of has. Where I've got people coming to my events or anything like that, and, and it's kind of creating that bond once again that was there. I don't. I don't care what rank you held when you got out. I don't care what race you are. I don't care what branch you were in. It doesn't matter, man. You're a vet. You're a brother. You're a sister. You know, come join us. Yeah. Like, like <clears throat> I don't care, man. Like, it's all about bringing everybody together. And I don't, you know, even at our events. Well, you saw down there. I don't care if you're yeah. a business owner or not. Yeah, we were focused on that. But we had all sorts of, man. We had active duty soldiers down there. We had all sorts of people, man. Yeah. It's just about bringing us all together. And, man, we shared some good stories, had a good time. And I said, that was our first one down there. And I think the next one will be, um, I think it'll be pretty big. So we'll see. But, um, yeah, but no, dude, having that camaraderie and I think people coming down to your shop to come see you hang out. I know Malachi just, you guys, he said you guys talked like two, three hours down there. He yeah. met the world to him. And that's, and that's, he misses that. He was saying, man, I just totally miss that. So, Anyways, I'll be talking forever with you, Mac. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Before, yeah. so um, no, everybody yeah, that's man. listening, reach out. Um, yeah, go for it. Sorry, you were gonna say something. No, no, I was just gonna say, man, if you're in the Fayetteville area, man, definitely come by and see us. Yeah, and if for some reason I'm not in the shop, my wife or daughter's got my phone number, so they'll call me and I'll be here. Right on. Um, right but on. yeah, man, you know, because uh, I love it, man. When dudes come in, and they want to shoot the shit because I miss it too. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. And you got and it, they can take a picture with you behind with that. What is I think it's probably on the other side of the camera right here with the RIA flag. Oh, but yeah. uh it's I love seeing everybody's pictures down there, man. And uh it's fun to see all the all the um veteran celebrities, I guess I could put it. That's one yeah. thing. But yeah, it's nice to see them all down there, man. It's cool. But anyways, Mac man. Great, great, great having you on, dude. I, I appreciate everything you've done for everybody and what you continue to do, man. It, it means a lot. And I love seeing you up there being being the face still for veterans and everybody. So it's great. Um, but, yeah, so everybody listening, go down, check out Mac. Check out Rogue American Apparel Fort Bragg. Go buy some of their stuff. Snap some pictures for Mac. And, um, yeah, brother, great having you on, dude. So uh, we'll talk again soon, man. All right, brother. It was an honor, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. You have a good one, Mac. Thank you, brother.